0: song that there is none but Jesus. It's all about him and it always was and it always will be. Well, I hope you're having a good morning so far. I'd love to know where you're watching from, whether it's the living room, your bedroom or next to the coffee machine, because that's where I'd be if I was at home, right next to the coffee machine, having a nice beautiful brew. Well, just wanted to quickly, before I got into the message this morning, I just wanted to take a moment to honour Ben and Amy, and I'm sure you'd agree with me that through this time that they've led our church so well. I just wonder if in the chat, if you could give a hand, a clap hand for Ben and Amy, our lead pastors, leading this church through this season that's been hard, it's been difficult, uh, but I think they've led us so well, and I feel like as a church we have felt united, we've felt so loved and so cared for through this time. So I'd love if you'd honour them with me in the chat this morning and thank them. Well, I have a word for you this morning and I have something on my heart that I want to share with you. And if you're taking notes, not just to get into heaven, but because we want to learn and we want to grow in our faith, we want to get stronger in our faith. So if you're taking notes, you can call this called out. You are called out. You know, scientifically, there is something that's really important that releases, uh, what is the hormones? Dopamine and serotonin in your life that happens on a regular occurrence. It's the use of your name. Your name is so important. You know, they reckon that when you hear your name, dopamine, serotonin exude and create that happy feeling. And it actually draws happiness. You know, when people use your name, it's linked to your identity. And so when you hear someone say your name, it's an acknowledgement of who you are as a person, of your value. It lets you know that you are valued. It lets you know that you are heard, that you have a place because someone has used your name. You know, Starbucks, coffee again, they kind of use this tactic, this psychology in how they operate as a business. If you've ever been to Starbucks, they'll take your name when they take your order. And then at the end, after they've made your coffee, they'll write it on your cup and they'll also call out your name. So you know that your order's ready. And on the double, it works as a marketing strategy for them because they know that people love their name and they love coffee, so they're going to take a little Instagram photo of their coffee cup from Starbucks with their name conveniently placed right next to the logo. It's free marketing for them. It works so well. But there's so many other places where you hear your name. What about at a graduation ceremony where you've worked so hard through your schooling or university career, and then you get to that moment where they call your name and hand you your award or your certificate at the end of the time? What about when you are just in a queue waiting for your meal or your order and they call out your name and you're going, yes, I've waited so long, my food is here, my drink is here, this is going to be great, it's all uphill from here. What about those situations maybe where you hear your name, maybe from your mother or your father, don't look at them now because they might be looking at you, because you know that the tone they're using when they call your name, it's not a good thing. You know by their tone that they're calling you out for something. So don't look now. I just heard someone say Anthony. Anyway, Anthony's doing good. He's not a bad man at all. He's a good man. Anyway, but your name is so important. Your name carries your identity, your value. But I want to let you know that more important than your name specifically and someone on earth, another human, another person calling your name is the fact that God knows your name and he is calling you out. I want to get into this topic a bit this morning and share a scripture through you from Luke 19 about how God calls you out. You know, he calls us out and into a relationship with him. You know, he called the disciples at the start of the gospels and he said, come and see that you may believe and receive me and a relationship with me. And so if you've got your Bibles there ready, as I know you do at home, you can go to Luke 19 and we're reading from verse 1 to 10, the story of Zacchaeus. And I'm reading in the NLT, it says this, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region. He had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, Come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I'll give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. What a tax return! Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and save those who were lost. I wonder if we can quickly pray this morning. God, thank you that you are good. Thank you that you love us, that you know us, that you formed us together. God, thank you that you have a plan and purpose for our lives and that you are calling out to us, calling us into a relationship with you. God, we pray this morning that we can hear your word, we can understand your word, and we can apply your word to our lives, that we would grow in strength, in spirit, and in faith of who you are. God, we love you. We celebrate you. We want to give you all the praise, all the honor this morning. Amen. God has called you out. You know, for some of you, this might just be a reminder because you understand this. You know this. You know that God has a plan and purpose for your life. You know that God cares about you. You know, the Bible says that he knows the very number of hairs on your head. Now, some of us, that's a lot, and some of us, that might be less. Anyway, God knows about you deeply. He cares about you deeply. And it says here, even in this scripture, that God called out to Zacchaeus by name without ever meeting him. God has called you out, and this might be the reminder for your faith today, that he's calling you out, calling you to something, calling you to be something, calling you to be in relationship with him. Maybe this is the first time you've heard a message like this, and you're going, What does this mean, that God knows about me and he's calling me? Hopefully we can unpack this a bit more this morning. But God has called you out, and sometimes that's for a specific task. Now, I might not know what that is for your life because it's individual and it's applied to you and your life, and my life looks different to yours. But in general, God has called us to love God and love others. And as we do those things, as we love God and love others, sometimes that extra calling or that specific field of what it is and what it looks like can become more clear to us and we get clarity and confidence in what God's saying to us and who he's calling us to be. But God has called you. God has called you this morning. What has God called you? Well, firstly, God has called you out. You have been called out by God. What does that mean? Well, this morning it means that God has called you out of your past. You know, the Bible says that for everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, sin is anything that separates us from right standing in relationship with God. You know, at one time we were all lost in our sin, but God has called us out of our sin. It says in Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in His grace freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of sins. God has called you out of your past. God has called you out of your sin. God has called you out of maybe that false perception or that false way of living. Maybe God's called you out of that mask that you've been putting up in your life. Maybe God's called you out of those habits that you used to go by. Maybe God's called you out of your pride. Maybe like Zacchaeus, God's called you out of a tree. Maybe God's called you out of the things that you thought would hold you up, would give you a view, would give you a way of living that could be above other people in your surrounding atmosphere or your society. God has called you out of those things. But not only has God called you out, because we know that the Scripture says that we become anew in Christ, that the old has gone and the new has come. And so not only are we called out of things, but we are also called to things, God has called you to a new way of living. Maybe God's called you to a better future with him and relationship with him. Maybe God's called you to a real, true, abundant life, a Zoe life, a Sozo life, in him and in relationship with him. Maybe God's called you to relationship and right standing with God today. Maybe God's called you to righteous living, but maybe more than that, God's called you to go Maybe God's called you to go out into the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that God has commanded you and know that he is with you always, as Matthew 28 says. Maybe God's called you to love. God's called you to mercy. God's called you to justice. Maybe God's called you to live by the Spirit, be Spirit-led and Spirit-fed in your life, in your circumstance and situation. God has called you to a new way of living And maybe more than that, God has called you to simply be a son or a daughter of the king. The old has gone, the new has come. God has called you out of your past, out of those previous ways of living, out of that past life, out of the way you used to go about life, out of those preconceived ideas or notions that you had in your mind or in your life, maybe out of those Habits or things that you used to build your life on that maybe gave you some form of confidence, but you realise as time goes on that those things could never truly hold you up or satisfy. God's called you out of those notions, out of those mindsets. God's called you out of going back to that thing. God's called you to something new. God's called you to a new life, a relationship with Him, a life where you don't have to do things by yourself, a life that, yes, you might have trouble But God says, in this world you will have trouble, so we know it's going to happen, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And so we know that when we're called to a new life in Him, we have Him with us through this new life and through the rest of our life. God has called you to relationship with Him. He's called you to a new way of living. He's called you to have confidence in who He is and who He says you are in Him. God has called you to righteous living, God has called you to remember him. God has called you to worship. God has called you to be known, to be found, to be loved, to be a son or a daughter of his king, King Jesus. God's called you to peace, love, humility, kindness. God's called you to a new way of living. And I wonder this morning, maybe you're hearing this, you're going, yeah, that's cool. God's called me to all these things, but I'm not good. I have to fix things. I have to get things right. I've got to get my life in order. I've got to set things up in my life because I can't come to God right now. If you knew me and I walked into a church, the roof would cave in. Well, no, the roof would not cave in unless the building was severely damaged and went through a storm. But you don't have to fix yourself. This morning, God's calling you just as you are in this moment right here, right now. You don't have to change. You don't have to be anything different. You don't have to be someone else. You don't have to try and build up a wall or a mask to be accepted by God. He knows your name even before you knew his or you heard about him. He was always there calling out to you, calling for you to be in a relationship with him. Why? Because he cares about you. And so, yeah, you might feel like you don't have things all together. Yeah, you might feel like things aren't right at the moment, that maybe you're not a good person. Maybe you feel like you have to fix things or get things in order in your life. But I'm telling you this morning that you don't have to. God's calling you right now to be in a relationship with him. And as you enter that relationship with him, you'll notice how things begin to change in your life, not because of the work you do or because of a behavioural shift or change in your life that you're trying to set up, but simply because you've found a relationship with the King of Heaven, the Creator of Earth, who loves you. And because of that relationship, because of that moment, that encounter that you have with Him, when you accept that call, your life begins to be transformed by Him, by His love, by His grace, by His mercy. Come on this morning, it's good. There's no conditions to the call of God that He has for you, that call to relationship, that call to be in community with Him. And see, I love this because Zacchaeus, in this moment, he didn't change who he was before he accepted Jesus into his house. Now it says there that Zacchaeus came down from his tree and he invited Jesus into his home. And then after, while they were eating their meal and sharing in communion and in community, Then Zacchaeus declared that he would pay back anything he owned, that he would pay back four times the taxes that he cheated people on. It was that moment that after he had that relationship with God, after he invited Jesus in, after he accepted that call that Jesus was putting out to him, after he accepted that invitation, then he changed by the grace of having an encounter and being in the presence of Jesus. And so you don't need to change this morning. You simply just need to accept that call from God to a relationship with you, and He will do all the work in changing and transforming your life by His grace and mercy. You know, I love this story, and there's so many levels to it. I want to share a few quick things with you this morning that I love about this. Number one, it's set in Jericho, and how cool is the story of Jericho when they marched around and the walls came crumbling down? But more than that, I love to have this thought and this throwback in my mind at this moment because Jesus walked through Jericho. In this story, Jesus was walking through Jericho. And maybe sometimes in your life, God needs to break down those walls before he can walk freely in your heart. And so that's a little reminder for me because it's in Jericho. But what about this? Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. And so we know that as a tax collector, nobody really liked him. Um, His own people, his own fam, his own squad, they didn't like him at this time because he'd cheat them. You know that the Romans actually would just say to him, hey, this is how much money we need, and you just get whatever cash you can for yourself. And so that's why tax collectors at that time used to get the tax, but then they'd also add on an extra amount as their income. And that's how he became rich. So his people didn't like him because he was a tax collector. But you know what? Neither did the Romans, really. They didn't really like him. They were just using him kind of as a tool in their hands, going, you know what, just collect our money for us, you know? We don't really care about you. There's no other benefits for you. We just want our money, um, and you're the person to get it for us. So Zacchaeus was kind of a social outcast. He didn't really fit in with his family and cultural heritage. He didn't really fit in with the Romans. He was a social outcast, loved by no one. But in this moment, Jesus came to him and called out to him by name and said, Zacchaeus, I want to be a guest at your house, no one else's. And people caused an uproar, and they were like, how dare he? He's a notorious sinner. But Jesus wanted to go and visit him. So it doesn't matter how good or bad you are, Jesus wants to come into a relationship with you. And he's calling you for an open invite to hang out with him wherever you are at any time. So that was Zacchaeus, a bit of him. You know what? Zacchaeus also had heard of the reputation of Jesus. He heard that Jesus was coming and the miracles that he had done and performed, the way he loved and valued and accepted people around him. And so when Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming, he ran. Now what that tells us culturally is that men do not run. It's like a pride thing. It's like, I do not run. I walk. I stride. I show my confidence in my strut. But Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming and he ran. Not only did he run, but he then climbed up a tree. Now, maybe that's because he was short, but maybe that's because he was becoming a child again and forgoing his pride, forgoing his kind of social standing, forgoing that construct that he had to look and act a certain way because, well, when he heard that Jesus was coming and the reputation Jesus had, he got hungry, he got desperate because he knew that Jesus could be the person that changes everything. I've heard the miracles that he's done. I've heard that he calls people to repentance. I've heard that he calls people to a relationship. And I've got to get close enough to see him. I've got to get close enough to be in view and hear him, to even just get a glimpse of who he is for my life. And so I'll run. I'll forego that pride. I'll forego that kind of social construct of what it means to be cool. And I'll run ahead. And I'll climb a tree just to get a glimpse of this person called Jesus who's walking through. You know, Zacchaeus, kind of at this moment as well, he became a child again. He went from being an adult and doing things the right way, the proper way, he ran, he climbed, just to get a glimpse of who Jesus was. I love that, you know, when you hear the reputation of Jesus and when you get desperate and hungry for him, it can make you do some crazy stuff. Sometimes it makes me sing Now, I'm not going to torture you at home with that because I know how terrible that is for some people. And apparently there's actually a song about Zacchaeus. And if you know it, maybe type it in the chat, but I actually don't know it, so I can't sing it. So you're saved again. Anyway, but Zacchaeus also, he was a small man in stature, socially, economically, what people would call him. They'd say he was small, but also he was physically short, right? But even his stature and his status was small where he was. But God called him to be big. He called him to be larger and large on the inside. No, I will not sing it. Sorry, whoever wrote that in the comments. I can't sing for you right now. It's heartbreaking, I know. Small man became big, not in human terms, not in humanity's way of thinking, but in God's kingdom, he became big. This is the best one. This one gets me. That the lost became found. And really, well, we thought it was... Zacchaeus, that was the one that found Jesus, but really Jesus found and saw Zacchaeus in that moment and he was on a mission there to seek and save the lost, as we know from verse 10. And Jesus found Zacchaeus and called out to him, said, Zacchaeus, come, I must be a guest in your home, not just your home, but in your life, with you and in community with you at all times. And so Zacchaeus, who was the one who was seeking Jesus, became found by him because God was already looking for him. And that's it the lost became found the host became a guest and really he became a son of god again and the scripture says there that he became a true son of abraham not because of what he did after his confession of his faith but because he truly understood what it meant to have a relationship with jesus he truly experienced an encounter with god when he was desperate when he was all alone god called out to him and gave him an invitation to a relationship And that changed him completely. And he knew that he was now a son again of someone else. That he belonged. That he had a family. That he had an inheritance. You know, I love this scripture as well. Ephesians 2.8 says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast. for, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago, the good things he has called us to, the good things he has placed in and through your life, the good things he has prepared for you to step into in this next season, the good things he has called you to step into even in this season right now in your life. He has called you anew and that means that we have to strip off those old things that he has called us out of And we have to put on the new things he has called us into, that he has called us to. And it's actually nothing you can do. We can't actually do anything to get it. We can't do anything to get God's salvation except for simply responding to that call, that invitation that he gives us. Responding to that grace, responding to that mercy that he has for you. Responding to a relationship with him. God has a purpose and plan for your life. And maybe the question for you is this morning, what is God calling me to? And am I listening and seeking after him and what that is? And am I willing to step into it? Am I willing to strip off those old things of my past and step into the things God has called me to do now? Not because I have to, but because of that moment where I encountered Jesus and opened that relationship with him. I received his love. I received his grace. And that makes me want to change. Not because I have to but because I choose to, because God called me out and God called me to be something greater because of his love, his grace, his mercy and his plan and purpose. And it's all for his glory in the end anyway. Come on. Hey, if you don't maybe know what that kind of looks like, let me help you out. There's another Bible story that I love thinking of and reflecting of because it is nothing we can do, but God still truly loves us and cares about you. There's this story in the Old Testament. Now, this is um, a story of David and it's after Jonathan, his friend, has died and passed away. Now, we know that David loved Jonathan. Um, he called him a brother. And so he wanted to honor him. He wanted to respect him. And so he goes, one day he goes, hey, is anyone from Jonathan's family still alive? Is anyone from Jonathan's Jonathan's family is still here. And his servants come back and they find this one guy and his name's a bit confusing. It's Mephibosheth. Um, and so it's a bit hard to say sometimes. It's a bit confusing. But they find this guy. And David's like, great. Let's, because I love Jonathan, let's get this guy and let's bring him here. And they're like, well, he can't walk here. His legs are broken. Um, and David's like, that's cool. I still love Jonathan. I love Mephibosheth just like I love Jonathan because he's part of his family. Bring him here to me. And so David gets his servants to bring Mephibosheth into the home, into the king palace, into the temple. And David looks at him and he talks to him. And he goes, because I loved your father and even though I loved him and you couldn't do anything and you don't deserve this, I want to give you your father's land back to you. I want to give you the inheritance that was owed to you, that was you deserve because of The love I have for your father and the love I have for you. I want to give you that inheritance back. And not only that, I want to invite you to dine with me anytime here in the palace. See, what this tells me is that nothing Mephibosheth could do, he couldn't work, he couldn't do anything to get any income, any livelihood, because his legs were broken, but David sought him out and brought him in, and he gave him his inheritance back, and he gave him community back, he brought him into a relationship, and that's what God does for you and for me. Even though we couldn't do anything, our legs are metaphorically broken, in a sense, but God calls us into a relationship with him, and he gives us the inheritance of being a son or daughter as we are adopted into a relationship with Christ, He gives you the inheritance you deserve, not because of anything you've done, but because of everything Jesus did for you on the cross. And not only that, he invites us into that community where we can dine with him in the palace. We can open up that relationship with him any moment and talk to him. Let him know what's on your mind. Let him know what your week's been like. Let him know what's been happening in your world because he loves and he cares about you. And it's not because of anything you could do, but because of who he is and his love for you this morning. And that reminds me that God loves me so deeply, so much that I couldn't do anything. Therefore, I don't need to strive. I simply just need to do one thing and that is accept that call for an invitation to relationship with him. He's calling you this morning. I wonder, will you accept it? Will you open up that? Hey, got some good news as well. You know, God loves you so much and cares about you so much. And as you enter this relationship with him, as you accept this call in your life, you know there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. I'll prove this to you. Romans 8, 31 to 38, it says this. It says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son but gave him up for all of us, won't he also give up everything else? Who dares accuse us of whom God has chosen for his own, because he's called you? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with him. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Jesus Christ died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand, pleading for us, pleading for you. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love. Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or maybe in lockdown or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, we have overwhelming victory through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons. Neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate you from the love God has revealed in Christ Jesus and it's calling to you. He's calling you just to simply open that line of communication, open your heart to a relationship with Him. He's called you out of the past, out of those things, out of brokenness, out of hurt, out of pain. He's called you to live a joyful life abundant in Him and who He is. Yes, we might still have trouble, but we know that we have someone there in the midst of that trouble with us. We have the presence of Jesus with you in every storm, in every season. He's right there. And so maybe you're listening this morning and you're hearing these words and you're going, yeah, I believe God's called me. I believe I have a relationship with Him. But maybe what is He calling me to? Who is He calling me to be? And that's simply it. He's just calling you to be a son or a daughter of Him to believe, to come and see, to experience his love and his grace. And I wonder maybe as we start to wrap up this morning, if I can pray for you, maybe you're that person there. Would you stand with me? Even though you're at home, even though you're in your living room, your bedroom, next to the coffee machine, I'd love to pray for you. That God would reveal his plan and purpose for you, that call that he has for you. God, right now we open our lives to you we open our heart, we open our eyes to see you, to experience you. And God, we pray right now for an encounter moment, a Holy Spirit moment where we can just sit and be in your presence. Know that you are calling us. Know that you've called us out of darkness and into light. Know that you've called us out of being alone and hurt and broken into being a son or a daughter of the King, into being loved and receiving your love. And God, we pray right now that you reveal yourself to us. Maybe, God, we know that you've called us. You've been calling us since the beginning of time. We pray that you would reveal yourself to us in this season. What are you calling us to? What are those new things maybe you're calling us to instill in our life? What are those things you're calling us out of, to let go, to leave behind? God, would you reveal them to us right now? in our lives. Would you speak to us with clarity, with purpose? God, open our heart, open our soul to hear you, hear you speaking. God, we pray that you'd speak to us, that as we open up this moment, we invite you in. We pray that we could know and accept that call, that invitation to you. Amen. You know, maybe you're watching this morning in Maybe you haven't heard about Jesus before. Maybe you have, but you don't have that relationship with him. Maybe you didn't know that he, in fact, has been calling you. You know, like I said at the start, God's been calling since the beginning of time. He knows you before you were formed, before you were born. He knows the very hairs on your head. He knows everything you've done and everything you will do. You know, the cool thing about God is that he loved you and it wasn't based on what you did but it was based on who he is. So that means you can't earn it, but that also means that you can't lose that love that he has for you. Nothing can separate that. And maybe this morning you're going, wow, if this Jesus, if this God's calling me, if he wants a relationship with me and all I have to do, I don't have to try and do anything to fix myself to get in a good way. I don't have to try and change my behavior, but I just simply have to accept this call. I wonder if this is you. You know, Revelation says that he waits at the door of your heart and he knocks waiting for you to open up. Simply, he's been calling for you and he's asking you and prompting you, hey, can I come in? Can I be part of your life? Can I have a relationship with you? All you have to do is accept that call. Say, yes, Jesus, come into my life. Be Lord of my life. And it's the start of a journey where you come to know him as Lord and Savior. Well, I wonder maybe that's you. You know, the Bible says that in Romans 10, that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So even where you're at, at home at the moment, even though no one can hear you, I encourage you to do that. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. That you maybe were lost, but now you're found in Him. I'd love to pray for you. Why don't you pray with me as well? Jesus, open my heart to you. God, I acknowledge your call that you have been calling me. You've called me by name. You know me. You care about me. And God, right now, I pray that you'd help me to step out of those things that you're calling me to leave behind. My past, my brokenness, my hurt. God, I pray that I could step into those things you're calling me to live, to live righteous, to live in relationship with you. God, I want to know you more. I invite your presence in. I receive that call, open that invitation. God, I accept everything you've called me to, to a life with you. Would you come into my life? Amen. Awesome. Well, church, it's been so good. I hope you've been encouraged this morning. And if you made that decision, that is the best decision you will ever make. And it's just the starting point of this life and this journey with Jesus. And Right now, there's going to be a video explaining maybe what to do because we'd love to connect with you and follow you up on that decision that you've made and help you understand what it means to follow Jesus and accept that call on your life that He has for you. And so why not check out your screen for this video? If you are new or have made a decision to follow Jesus, we'd love for you to head to our website, citychurchau.com. Scroll down to the I'm new or follow Jesus tab. Once you click on that, a form will appear. Fill out your name, your email and a message and send it off. Once we get this, one of our staff will contact you about the decision you have made and how to best follow you up from here.